welcome to the Mile 99 Interview Series Podcast with your hosts, Paulo Medina and Greg Larkin. Wherever you're listening, we hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to this week edition of the Mile 99 Interview Series. And I am your co-host, Paolo Medina, and I'm here in Auburn, California, streaming live from the 8th station, running store in Auburn. Um, and we are, and I'm here today with uh, Greg Larkin, my co-host. Hey, thanks, Paolo. I'm Greg Larkin, and uh, also here in Auburn, uh, broadcasting live from my, my couch, as we're all still in the shelter in place. Uh, eventually, maybe we'll, we'll actually be able to broadcast, you know, and interview people right from the store. Who knows? Coming come in the next few months, so we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, this is the episode five, the Mile 99 interview series. Uh, this week, we're really pleased to have Chris Thomas with us. He's a runner out of uh, Reno, Nevada, and... Uh, he has gotten into some pretty impressive um, races and other types of challenges over the last uh, couple of years and very recently as well, some things we're gonna be talking about. Um, he's a relatively new runner on the scene. He started in 2015, has a really good uh, story about how he got into running. Uh, so we're gonna uh, just dive in and find out all about how he got started and some of the things he's been doing and, and what he's got planned for the future. So welcome, Chris. Thanks. Glad to be here. I'm like super excited. I was checking out some of the other interviews and just being with Kelly Barber and everyone and Cooney and just it's a good group to be uh, grouped in with in the beginning. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we've, we've been keeping our eye on what people have been doing, I think, you know, throughout this whole uh, pandemic. And, uh, you know, as we're going to talk about, we, we have uh, the obviously the Hammond challenge that we're going to dive into later that you most recently completed. And, and that just kind of, at least for me, spurred, you know, my, my interest. I'd been following it throughout the month last month and, you know, I was super happy to see you doing that. So um, yeah, we're going to get into all that good stuff. So Paula, you want to kick us off with, with anything? Yes. Um, first of all, I have to say, I'm really excited to have you with us today. Uh, well, for many reasons, and one of them being that I know you from the races, I've seen you on the trails, I've seen you at events, but like Greg said, I was not familiar with your background um, in how you got into running and some things that you have accomplished throughout the years. So I am really, really excited to learn more about those things and to share those things with other people. Right? So, through our really our um, uh, questionnaire that you filled out and a little bit of stalking that we do online, we, we learned that you uh, started running back in 2015. And uh, like Greg said, you, you completed a lot of races and a lot of challenges, um, including doing back to back to back 100Ks, uh, UTMB, and a bunch of other races that are just pretty, pretty incredible uh, feats. Okay. Hey. So we are, we are here, and, and basically, Christopher, if you'd like to share with us, um, how did you get into running, or what got you into running, or why did you get into running? Because as we learned last week with Cooney, not everybody likes running, but yet they continue to do it every week. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that I um, liked running either. I I joined a um, a CrossFit gym because I was like 210 pounds, just smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Um, and my wife was just like, hey, you know, if you want to stick around, you probably should change your life. And I, uh, I asked my plumber, because I, I build houses for a living, and I asked my plumber because he used to have to hire a young kid to crawl under the house because he didn't fit. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years later, he shows up and there's no more kid. And he is just, I mean, he looked like Marky Mark. I mean, he was just like ripped and abs and everything. And so I, I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, well, how, how'd you do that? And so he took me to this, it wasn't CrossFit. They called it cross training, but it was, it was a CrossFit class. And I remember the first class I was just doing sit-ups and, uh, the teacher came over, the instructor came over and asked him if, uh, if I was going to be okay. <laughs> so I knew I needed to be there. So what, what happened was in that class, it was filled with a bunch of people who ran uh, OCR Spartan races. Okay. And uh, so eventually I kind of joined in with them on that. And uh, so they ran one eight mile course every Sunday at 9 a.m. as fast as they could. So they had like two places where they stopped. So they would stop at the top of this one hill. Everyone would come back together. And once the last person got there, then they would all take off. And then, so I was just chasing everyone. And um, was this a trail run or was this a road yeah, run? It was a trail run. Yeah, it was, okay. in, a, it was in a local park. And um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was interesting to see. I remember my first, I got a, a, a GPS watch. And I remember my first mile that I did was, uh, and I actually was trying really hard, was 1142. And that was like flat on the dirt. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I just, I look back at that. I almost wanted to keep that data from that, from that watch to mm -hmm. kind of go back and see like how the progression is. I but, know. Um, I'm a, I personally am I'm sad that Ron Keeper got rid of their old data. Because yes, like you, I, I wish I could go back to those days. Yeah. yeah. But go ahead. I, I was able to download the, it was a Nike watch and I was able to download that. I just don't know like how to find, you know, where I can upload. But so I did a couple of those races and I actually ended up being really, really good at it. Still not knowing that what I was really good at was running. But um, I won my age group championship. I won the uh, national age group championship. I was, I got on the podium in the elite masters division when I switched to racing elite. So, I mean, I had some, you know, success in it. And uh, ultimately what happened is I hurt my shoulder and, and I could no longer climb the ropes or do okay. the monkey bars or any of that. Anything overhead I couldn't do. And um, so I stopped racing and everything. And my wife was like, why don't, why don't you just go do something, you know, go. I was so depressed. And I mean, so I when just, did you start doing this uh, OCR? So I, it was not very long. So I, that this is like, six months before I did my first 50k. If oh, okay. That, yeah, because like maybe five months before. So we're still so, talking 2015. Yeah, yeah, like just in the beginning. Or, yeah. okay. Maybe like the later end of 2014, but not really. Mm -hmm. And I, um, so I went on that eight mile run 
and uh, but didn't stop. And I kept going. And that was, I mean, it just clicked. I, I just was, oh, this is what this is what I wanted to do. I hated those effing obstacles anyways. They were just in the way. And so, it, it, I mean, that just. They're obstacles. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, F the, I mean, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go back, but now I did the Hammond Challenge, and Steve Hammond, who created the challenge, is actually the the main course. He makes all the courses for Spartan races. Oh, really? So now I'm like, well, maybe I'll go back to Lake Tahoe and do the do their Ultra Beast. <laughs> kind of just throw down, run that double, you know, 31-mile course and just crush them all. But Nice. It's just running just means so much more to me now. And uh, so I, I – uh, it's funny. I was in this small park, and eventually once I realized I could run past 15 miles, I realized that I didn't need a route. I could just run around in this park, and I, and I could find my way out because there were no trails long enough so I just stumbled around this park and found every single trail in it and then I think I got to like 22 miles and that's when I decided I could do a, a 50k because by this time I was hooked on YouTube I don't know how many people are but I found ultra running seriously through Sage Cannaday on YouTube oh wow I watched all his videos I tried to copy everything I mean that's exactly what I used just by myself until I met everyone at Healdsburg Running Club. That's so, great. So like really yeah. like a self, self-made self ultra runner, like just uh, going <laughs> well, out Well, it was not to... pretty. Yeah. Not, <laughs> <laughs> the first 50K was not pretty. I showed up like I was going to run an OCR race, no shirt on, you know, no, no planning on wearing a shirt. Um, but I did wear a pack, chafed horribly, uh. and uh, – crushed the first 13 miles of the 50k i think i came in third for the half marathon mm. but then i had to go out and do two more laps and uh that's where it's totally fall i really i really <laughs> enjoy i really enjoy when people come to me and tell me that they they won the, the, the half marathon of a 50k yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i never want to say that again <laughs> unless i win the whole thing right <laughs> yeah so, yeah, yeah, so it just kind of took off from there. It's mm -hmm. um, I found a great group of, of ultra runners at through Healdsburg Running. Um, and then we made our own running company or running group, Red Antler Running, mm -hmm. and um, which was just a bunch of us who just wanted to go get lost for eight hours on the weekends. So that was all we wanted to do. And, and then we more so now, we're, we're more of just a volunteer group. Too. We all mm -hmm. come together and we just volunteer. We have yearly uh, aid stations that we do. We do the Rocky Chuck turnaround. Oh, okay. Um, we took uh, Warren Lake, or I um, forget what it's called. There's UTLT. There's a, a lake. Sean knows what it is. <laughs> we took that one over. We do one at Outlook. And, um, mm -hmm. and then right before North Face, we were just about to take over uh, Cardiac at the North Face 50. Um, right before they decided not to hold them anymore. So that was kind of a burnt fire. Oh, right. Yeah, that one got canceled like right beforehand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> wow. So, so I mean, I mean like, you've also been like giving back too. I mean, you're, you're in the races, you're doing all that, but you're also like, you know, creating these groups and volunteering. And, and that's really the spirit of ultra running, I think. Yeah, really, um, that really, I think to me is, is, I mean, even beyond what I've ran, 
the I think the the volunteering and being part of the groups and and just all the people we've met. I mean, I I wish I would have volunteered more before I crewed and paced my first runner at a hundred mile mm. because. I mean, we let him. We let him quit when there was no reason for him to quit. Man, he had like freaking fifteen hours to go twenty miles. Oh. Why do you quit, man? Just go to bed for six hours. You know, <laughs> you he had so time. much time. You know, right. but I didn't know. I thought he was gonna get hurt, and I, you know, I just I'd never seen it before, and I'd never been through it before. And um, I always look back to him. I promise him that I help him finish <laughs> that hundred miles. Yep. Rule of thumb for those watching, if you're crewing somebody for the first time, if your runner's not bleeding, <laughs> still send them out. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Until there's a bone coming out, you're going. <laughs> so I was actually, I got lucky. I got to pay him back. So my first 100-mile race, I just wanted, I know it sounds silly. I just wanted to break 24 hours. I ran Rio de Lago. And... I paced him for the first 75 miles through that so that he could win his age group. And, um, and I did that. And then like 75 miles, I just basically stopped running. I asked my wife to run for a little while. I had another friend and I just goofed off because I knew I had plenty of time and he was, he actually did. So I did actually pay him back. He, he I paced him for 75 miles and he did win his age group. Nice. So, and you just got, and you got just over twenty-two hours, twenty-two sixteen. It looks like for your finish, so that's really great. First hundred miles. Yeah, that was a strong seventy-five miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and mean, that was, only, that was only like a year after you really kind of got into things, too, right? So, like, you ramped up to the hundred-mile distance like in a year. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, that was all I wanted to do was run a hundred miles. Yeah. And then you followed it the following spring, and this is what Paulo referred to in the beginning, and I believe um, you had mentioned in your questionnaire, uh, essentially it's the Northern California NorCal Grand Prix. Is that like an official designation for these 300, 100K qualifiers? It was, it was so it was, go it was going to be, and I was working with the, the guys from Quicksilver wanted to actually make it something. And it kind of never really did. There was some other races that got thrown in and made it like four races. But it was a loop course flat, which did not coincide with Miwok, Cans, mm -hmm. and uh, Quicksilver, which all have pretty serious amount of elevation gain. Oh, yeah. You know, so... The idea was to make it something that was mountainous, you know, hard, mm -hmm. and three in a row. And, um, yeah, my claim to fame now is not only setting that at, at a little over 36 hours was that Walter Handloser tried to break it the next year, and all he had to do was run, like, 11.59 at Quicksilver, and he ran 12-something. Uh, so I, get to, I got to hang on to You're it. hanging on, yeah. Yeah, he's someone that I have always, um, I mean, he's one of my favorite people to run with. Mm -hmm. We Every race we run together, we just go back and forth the whole race, every race. Mm -hmm. And so I really got to know him because a lot of times we walk together. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we, we have a great time. And just watching him do those uh, 100, 100, that was just amazing. That's cool. Watch hundreds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive, like, ramp for sure. I mean, I, I don't know that there's tons of people in the area that have done those three in a row. Um, that's, that's a super impressive uh, you know, result from my standpoint. Um, and then a month later, you go to San Diego 100, 
second hundred miler, if I'm not mistaken, and get a sub 24 there as well. So, I mean, that's a string that's just really something else in my mind. And so how did your body react like throughout that month to six week period recovery wise, like mentally, physically, all of that stuff? Like how, how were you so feeling? I got to give mad props at that time. I actually hired a coach to help me to get through that. And that was Bob Shebest. And wow. um, it, he, his plan was, I mean, I hated it. I didn't <laughs> want to do any of it. It drove me crazy. I want to go run. 20 miles on Saturday and 40 miles on Sunday every weekend. That's what I want to do. I don't care if I'm walking half of it. I want to get up in the mountains. I want to get a far away and just go crazy. And he had me, I mean, I felt like I was training for a triathlon. I mean, I was doing so many workouts and tempo runs and mm. hill repeats. And finally I got him where I didn't have to do hill repeats where I went up and down the same mountain. Uh -huh. I would just find a long mountain and I would go push for like three minutes, turn around, walk down, recover, then do the rest of the climb, turn around, come back so that I could, and then run to the next climb and then do them again. So I didn't have to, cause I'm not a big fan of just going up and up and down. Yeah. Yeah. You want crazy. to get somewhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I use a lot of the tools that he taught me still about non-impact training. I did a lot of uh, hiking with weight vests on. Mm-hmm instead of running and then a ton of elliptical i don't know if you can sing back here okay. that, that thing will kill you that's the bowflex like stair master climber beast <laughs> that it's it's meant to do a, like a 15 minute workout yeah and then next to it i don't know if you can see there's a hypoxico altitude trainer oh nice so I put the mask on, I get on that thing for like two hours at a time and just, you can just seriously hammer away wow. um, with no impact. Yeah. So that's how I would translate in between. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot, like I heard when uh, Kelly was talking about you train for that first race and then you just kind of hang on through. Yep. Well, I was working out in between, but even in those hundred Ks, I had workouts in between each week, but mm. they were just zero impact. Gotcha. So they were always on like an elliptical or it was a hike with a weight vest. Mm. Uh, I just noticed uh, within the last week, Bob is now in the Auburn area. I think he just moved up. Yeah. To yeah. He's joined you guys. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing him on the trails. I was even thinking like once he's through the moving process, maybe we can get him to come on this show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, he'd love it. Yeah. I was excited to, to learn that he was moving up here, but then I realized that all my Strava segments are going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to watch realize, out. a hunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I realized I'm not a paying member anymore. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> so either way, they're gone. <laughs> yes. Now we're, we're, we're excited. We're excited to, to, to have it in our running community. You know, uh, once once he's done unpacking boxes, join us for things. Yeah. yeah, I know he was excited, sad for leaving because um, I used to run. Obviously, I lived where he lived, so I ran Lake Sonoma, Sugarloaf. We had a secret loop um, in uh, Sugarloaf and Hood Mountain where we could get serious vert in really short distance, and um, so I would only he'd be like one of the only people I'd see out there going. Mm -hmm especially when it was like 90 degrees and stuff. So, I mean, we really hit it off good. And and uh, I know he's excited for being here. He really yeah. is. Uh, good. He's going yes. to love it. I'll bet. Yeah. 
Um, quick question for you about um, just, you know, we talked about recovery between these races and all that. And then just in general, like in, through that period of time and then all the way up to like your most latest thing that we're going to get to shortly. Um, I'm just interested about what is your opinion on your, um, like what per I perceive as mental toughness to just go out there and pretty much drive yourself into the ground. Like, is that something you discovered after you started running or what did you think like previously in your life, you just had cultivated some other form of mental toughness, not necessarily running related, but it was just there. And then once you got into running, like you applied it there as well, or did you learn it later? So I, um, I've been thinking about this. I kind of felt that this question was going to come. And then I kind of like been trying to like think about it because, um, I really, it's not, I don't really ever really feel like I'm like super suffering um, because I come from a recovery background. It's mm. been 13 years since I've had a drink. Okay. And um, I really think that all the work I did to get to where I am now has prepared me because <clears throat> I remember I used to drink because I couldn't like be alone for like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'd be so bored and needed something to do and I would just start drinking. Now I've proven I can go 39 hours and 57 minutes around the Alps yeah. in my own head and have a great time. Mm -hmm. So I really think that has a lot to do with it. And it, mm -hmm. and it really does. It is, you know, people say like, I'm not necessarily facing my demons when I'm running, I'm running because I already did. Mm -hmm. So it gives me like the freedom to keep going and um and then i don't like i'm not trying to figure out i mean i it's always amazing me i always come back from my long runs more in love with my wife no matter what happened before i left it's like that running it just like re makes me rethink about what i got and what i have and how and then she anyways is like the most amazing she's actually the one who captains all those aid stations not mm -hmm. me okay <laughs> I goof around. She probably wishes I wasn't even there. She's the <laughs> one who runs those. And um, she's the most amazing crew. And um, she screwed me on every single race I've ran, except for San Diego. I'm not solo. Mm -hmm. But, um, and she said never again. I can't run solo ever again. She said it drove her. Really? Yeah. Sitting at home and not knowing where I was. So, but she's, I mean, she's amazing. And um, actually Red Antler is named after her father. His name was Red and his middle Antler. So oh, cool. that's why it has two D's in the red. Gotcha. Because that's his name. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I do, it's not really, it's pushing through. So there's a saying in recovery that, you know, you never have to suffer again, but you are going to experience pain. Mm but it's going to be temporary. And so I always have that idea that, okay, I may be experiencing pain now, but it's temporary mm -hmm. and I never have to suffer again. If I'm suffering, I'm doing something wrong. Right. Right. So, but I am going to experience pain and I do go to the pain cave a lot. Yeah. And, um, but I, you know, I mean, coming out the other side, I mean, there's that, that feeling of accomplishment, the pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we all run no matter what. It doesn't matter. You don't have to win. You just got to do it. You get to feel so. Yeah. That's the cool thing. And it just drives yeah. you to the next, the next ultra sign up, uh, you know, register button. Yeah. <laughs> I think that at least our uh, generation of runners, like none of us, for the majority of us, or at least 
I will say that very close to none of us were born into a running family or into running ultra family, right? Because um, the sport is not that that old. It's uh, where my grandparents would have been running, right? So, like my kids, you know, it's uh, have grew me at races, and they're gonna grow up knowing what ultra running is. So, it's you're you're totally right. It's uh, that that you know what what we experience in, in this races, and when we go through that uh, pain cave, and you know, really like what you said that it's uh, we won, you know go through the suffering but you're like yeah pain pain is is real and at least for me when i'm in a ultra race as opposed to a road race when i'm in a road race um or just running in in, in general i put things into into hours as opposed to miles uh or time like i'm like oh i'll be done in eight hours you know in eight hours i'm done in eight hours all this eight months of training or this four years waiting to get into this race in eight hours all of this is done right and that to me at least i can put it into context where it's like it's a short period of time for what i put on train on the, on the trails training or just waiting to get into the race um so i i can totally relate to that it's uh you know it's a it's a, it's a huge accomplishment once once you yeah so I want to move forward and uh, talk to you a little bit about UTMB. Um, it's uh, you run UTMB in 2018. Um, UTMB for those out there watching this for the first time, it's, it stands for Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. Uh, it starts in Chamonix, France, and it circumnavigates uh, Mont Blanc. It's what about 105 miles. Um, Roughly, I will say, depends who you ask, about 35,000 feet of climbing. It's, it's a big animal, okay? okay? Okay, the French are not as kind as they say they are, okay? Because whoever says the French are kind, they haven't run your team. So what was your experience out there? How do you uh, get into the race? How did you get through the race? And what are your thoughts after the race so i i actually found the lottery to be pretty 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 easy um i agree but getting the points was was not now you have to run especially if you want to get the points in one year that that's it used to be because you needed 15 points in three races that that was pretty legit and um you have to think that there weren't very many races thank goodness like canyons was a serious race i think it had five points or back then it did and um so really quick hundreds. for those of you that are going to watch and be watching this later on uh what christopher is talking about the points uh utmb require you to accumulate a number of points throughout the the throughout a two-year period and races have to be uh, have to basically have a point base uh, in order to qualify to be a qualifying race. It's uh, through the ETRA uh, organization. So what Christopher is talking about that, yeah, points basis changes throughout the time with UTMB. And when I ran UTMB in 2014, I believe it was only nine points 
then he became 11. Then now he's 15, right? It's uh, so go ahead. Yeah. So that, so I had to, and they rank their races on length and elevation and then um, the amount of aid stations. So the less amount of aid stations, um, the better. But um, so the definitely what helped me was the 300 Ks and San Diego. Yeah, that pretty much got me in. And um, they also have some interesting things in their, their lottery where they have a certain amount of people need to come from different countries. So back then, USA had a, we had a lot less people that were qualified. So you had a pretty good chance. You had about, I think I, it told me I had a um, three and five chance right before. So a little over 50% chance of getting in, which to me was insane compared to me trying to get into Western States. So I was like, hey, I'm in. I, I thought for sure I was in. And I did. I did get the, the draw. And um, so the training, the training is what, what is, I mean, you can't, I had no idea what it was going to be like over there. I mean, that I have to say today, I mean, I've ran up here now up in the, you know, Tahoe, Truckee and Reno areas up in the mountains. I found a few trails that are similar, but most of them are not. I mean, I have a whole new training program for when I go back because I was supposed to run it again this year but it got postponed. So I'll be either going next year or the year. Yeah, I was but, you were in this year. Yeah, I was. I, and I was ready too. I mean, I was like more than ready. This would be the year. And so I, you know, I trained as, as good as I could. And um, on one of those hot days up in the uh, hood mountain, seeing Bob, I uh, drank like four bottles out of the Santa Rosa Creek and I got Giardia. Wow. Like, oh. <laughs> Uh, two and a half months before the race started or like oh. two months before the race started. And I didn't know I had it for like three weeks. So I was even closer to the race. I went out for oh. a, a 90 mile training run and I got 20 miles in and I called Michelle and I was like, I can't, I can't even move. I'm eating, I'm drinking. I drank like three bottles of Roctane. I ate all these goos and I just can't even move. And, uh, that's what oh, it ended up being. 90 mile training run? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to, I want to, <laughs> you're going uh, to go put run a, UTMB. You got to like have, you got to know you got 90 mile legs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. I I'll give you 50, that. I found a 50 K route that had 11,000 feet of climbing. So in, in, in like 93 miles, I was going to get a feet of climbing. Oh. That, that was the goal. Nice. But it didn't happen. And okay. so, my um my training ended up being on with that hypoxico mask on a stationary bike and i tried to win like the mental game so yeah. i found a guy who posted a video on youtube of him running utmb and winning i think second place in my age group and i just live and breathe i still have his splits hanging on my wall in my i see him every day when i walk out of my room I see his splits. Just now, it has my splits next to it, and I can see where I fell off. And But I just watched that video over and over and over again with that mask on on the stationary bike. I mean, like hours in the day in between my runs. 
I mean, to the point that when I was running the race, I got to a place up in uh, towards the end of the race where I was just like dumbfounded by deja vu that I thought I had been there. And I just couldn't like stop. I almost turned around and went the other way and another runner like shooed me forward. But I went back and I watched this video. It was exact. I've seen that place in that video like a hundred times. And that's why I felt like that. Oh, nice. Crazy. <laughs> so Christopher, so, I, yeah. I, I ran the race in 2014. I ran UTMB and just like you, I attempted to do my homework. I attempted to read all the blogs available, watch all the videos out there. And I have to say between 2014 and 2020, a lot has changed, right? So um, I learned a lot, but I did not learn about the last um, the last three hills. I nobody told me, hey, doesn't matter how good of a runner you are, the last three hills are really gonna kill you. Right? Yeah. It's uh, so I remember coming into mile 92, 94, eight station, whatever that is. It's uh, and I ran into a really good friend of mine, uh, Bill Clements, and Bill and I, we not only were local to one another, we were staying in the same condo in Chamonix. We're we're close friends. Like we are close friends, right? So it was great to run into each other at that point, and we he knew more about the course than I did. So the next section was a 10k. You know, it's like, hey, you're going to see the next aid station, you know, in 10K, 6.2 miles uphill. And when we left the aid station, he asked me, hey, what's your fastest 10K? And I was like, well, you know, back when I was road running, it was about 34 minutes. Uh, it's, it's like, he's like, what do you think this is going to take us? So, yeah, I will say an hour and 20 minutes at the most. I mean, we're 92 miles in, we're tired, uphill, right? It took us three hours. Three hours, three hours for a 10K, three hours. I mean, it's, uh, right? So, yes, it's, uh, you know, there we, we could do a whole episode of this thing about one single climb at UGMB, oh, right? Absolutely. It's uh, when the first, when the race started and we basically were, I don't know, we're like 50 miles in and I started talking to a guy with a French accent. And he's like, oh, I run the race seven times. Uh, this is the first hill. Like, this is the first hill. What was all that about? He's like, this is going to take you about three hours to get to the top. You know? And he was like, well, you just put things into perspective. This is like A2 on, on dynamite. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely UTMB is another animal, right? Yeah. And I can't even believe that you went into that with your audience, right? Yeah, well, like it getting was, off Giardia. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't optimal. I was I actually felt pretty confident though. I mean confident enough. I ran the first I came into Cormorier in like thirteen hours and one minute. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I mean I, I was on that's you know, I would do that again. That that was my pace, that was my goal pace. Mm -hmm. Um but it was I had no idea what those downhills were due. I I, I had no idea. So I was, as Americans, we definitely climb stronger than ends. I'll guarantee that as, as far as like middle of the row, maybe not the elite. I was definitely passing, I mean, tons of people. And then especially skipping aid stations too, I would pass, you know. But 
when it came to the downhill, like I remember the first downhill, there were switchbacks, but they were running straight down. And so I was doing the switchbacks. Then the next downhill, I started following them a little bit. And then the third downhill in the Cormier, I just cut the whole course like they did. And that was like the biggest mistake I ever made because my quads were never the same after that. I was so slow coming down the ski slope. Like it was the second to the last time coming down that my wife accused me of sleeping on the trail. <laughs> she was like, you were sleeping. And I was like, no, I wasn't. I was yeah. walking downhill, Jeez. down a ski slope. <laughs> and I, know, just, I know what, I believe I know what downhill you're talking about. And yeah, <laughs> I killed my quads. You know, coming into Cormier, one of the great things about the races in Europe is that you are allowed to cut, up, to cut the switchbacks. Yeah. And this is, this is a, a, a real thing in Europe. If you can find a faster way between point A and point B, you're allowed to do that. So you don't have to go all the way around the switchback. If you have the legs to go all the way straight, you can. So yes, some people do. It's, mm. uh, it's, a, it's a really easy way to kill your quads. Yeah, I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> What's your promise? Uh, Pinky promise? Yeah. yeah, Pinky promise, yeah. So that was a 13 hour, 50 mile and a 26 hours for the next 55 miles. <laughs> wow. What's your, uh, what's your time goal then when you go back? So perfect day would be somewhere between 28, 30 hours. Mm -hmm. 32 at the most. Yeah. So you'd be cutting anywhere from 7 to 13 hours. 28 to 30 will put me in the top five of the uh, 50 and over. Nice. Well, hopefully that'll happen. Which they year. treat you like the winner. I yeah. mean, you get to go up on stage. You get a big cowbell. I mean, they, <laughs> they actually treat you just like you won the race. And you stand up there with all the pros who won and everything. So I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. But I think I, I – if so I, I hired another coach to accomplish this. Yeah, I was so, going to ask you. Um, yeah, so you said you have a coach now too. Um, yeah. So, so, so his name is Ricardo Tortini. Mm -hmm. He's um, finished uh, second twice at Canyons. And he actually ran UTMB the same year I did. We were both on the Rabbit Elite team. And um, he said he had a horrible day. And I think he ran uh, 27 something <laughs> or 26 something. Jeez. Yeah, 26 something he ran. And he said he had a horrible day and that he thinks he could break more. So I'm like, okay. Sounds so, like somebody who could give you some knowledge then. <laughs> and he knows me. He knows me really well. I, I, we're, I think we're going to have a great time. Cool. So we just started. I'm only in uh, – so he, I hired him to help me recover from the Hammond Challenge and the uh, FKT attempt. Yep. So we're in the recovery stage right now, but he gave me a green light. I can run this weekend. So I'm like super – well, perfect segue. So the Hammond yeah. Challenge. Um, yeah, for anybody who's not aware of this, and I'm not super aware of it, just I know kind of the mechanics of it, but like, and you touched on a little bit of who, you know, invented it. Um, but if you want to just like reiterate that and, and kind of like, where did this crazy thing come from? What is it? How did you do it? How did you recover? How did you find the time to do it? And how are you <laughs> feeling now? That's a lot of questions, I know, but I figure it'll probably yeah, be no, I, no, I know, I know. So... So Steve, Steve Hammond is 
as I said, he works for Spartan Race. He's their number one course designer, and he builds the courses. And he, um, the month of April, I found out through a fellow runner, Mike Sinceri, who runs for for North Face. I was on a run with him, and uh, he ran a bunch of miles before our run. And then when we got done, he ran some more. And I was like, "What the heck is he doing?" He's like, "Oh, he's doing some crazy challenge thing, uh, some Hammond challenge." So I looked it up, and uh, it was um, so. What it is is you run the calendar-day in miles. So on May first, I ran one mile. May second, I ran two miles. May third, I ran three. All the way up to the last week, which gets a little insane. And um, so when he finished, he put out a challenge. He said, "Listen, if you think that your body and your mind can handle this, you got to do it." I mean, he was like, "If you even think." that you could even get remotely close to finishing it, you got to try it out. So I was just like, I had been in a slump. I mean, like not even getting out to run with my wife, like not, I mean, and this has been like for a year that I've felt like this, like barely running at all. And I was like, this is it. This is going to be the, there's you no, know, we just moved up here. I just changed jobs from Truckee to Reno. I'm going to like, button down and I'm, I'm going to do this. And uh, so I, the whole time I was thinking about the last week, that was just like, and the only thing I was thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about not being able to complete it. I was thinking about how the heck am I going to keep this, the time right? Just like you said, like, how do you do it for the time? And what ended up happening were 2 a.m. starts. <laughs> oh, really? I had to get up at 2 a.m. and start because I had to be at work by 9. You were still working the whole day. <laughs> yeah, eight hours a day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, granted, I'm not like banging nails. I'm the superintendent. But okay. I mean, I still had to be at the job site and doing everything. I mean, you're not just sitting at a desk all day. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, the coolest thing about it was – because I tried to leave from my house. I only drove a couple of times to start. One time was down in, I drove down to Genoa because I just had to run that marathon 26 mile course up to the top of Genoa Peak and then back down. And, um, and uh, but mainly I tried to run from my house and try and just learn everything that was near me and um you know roads and i ran uh, i don't know if you're familiar in reno there's mccarran road that goes all the way around reno and sparks it's uh uh like 23 miles so if i run from my house to mccarran and back that ended up being a little over 26 that was like the most miserable run of the whole thing was 26 miles on the road i did it uh i decided to do that one after work so it was like 85 degrees the whole time. Um, I made so many mistakes. I like should have carried two water bottles a lot earlier than I did. I think I ran the first 18 days with no water and no uh, nutrition. And then I had to start bringing a water bottle. And then um, I think it was around like the 22nd, 23rd day, I think I decided that I'd been working on this FKT attempt to run the entire length of, of the Truckee River from and backwards against the flow. So from Pyramid Lake to Lake Tahoe. And so I just set my mind. So that's kind of why my pace kind of fell off towards the end. Because I knew that on the 30th and the 31st, 
I was going to run this 120 mile FKT attempt. So I kind of backed off a little <laughs> to knowing that I was going to do that. And a couple of things thwarted that FKT attempt. One of them was the Indian reservation closed access to the Pyramid Lake. So I had to start seven miles away. And then when I was running along the river trail through Reno, the riots were going on. The downtown was full of tear gas and boom blasts and cops. And they had uh, issued a um, immediate arrest if you were caught in the area. And I was seriously a half a block away from where they were when I finally figured that out and I had to like run off the trail and, and back. But um, yeah, I'm going to throw the challenge out there. If any of you think you can even remotely pull this off, you got to try it. I mean, it, it is so amazing. The feeling is, is amazing. And um, as far as like recovery, I got one of those eye rollers. That's it. I just roll out every night. So I, I run pretty tight, like my tendons and everything. I'm not like a yoga, stretching, all that stuff. I run pretty tight. I just roll out my muscles is really the fascia yeah. with that eye roller. And I, um, I roll my feet a lot with like a lacrosse ball. Oh, okay. Good for the yeah. plantar fascia and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to work out really, really well. But yeah, I run, I run pretty tight. I'm... I mean, my, right now, my IT band is pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. You're only, I just got to keep it that way. I mean, you're only 11 days post-challenge, so I can imagine things are still settling in a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The swelling's all down now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for those out there that don't want to do the math, how many miles do you get in the month of May? Uh, so I did uh, – I did go a little overboard, obviously, when I only had to run 61 miles. I ran 109. Um, the, second <laughs> day, I, the second day, I was only supposed to run two miles, but I ran 40 because it was my buddy's 50th birthday, and so I ran <laughs> with him. But um, I oh, got Peter. 609 miles. with, And then so here's the kicker. I'm a mountain runner, so I can't shy away from the mountains. So I pulled off 77,000 feet of climbing. Wow. <laughs> and that, so Steve Hammond did the April, in April he did his challenge. He got 12,000 feet of climbing. Mike Sinceri got like 50,000. So I had to get more than that. Oh, man. 12,000 feet of climbing. Where is this guy running? He, was he like, ran around Arkansas? Lake, he ran really around Lake Tahoe. <laughs> and, uh, where is he? 12,000 feet of climbing. That's pretty low for yeah, yeah. he ran he he had he ran around his house a lot like uh which i refused to do i'm not i wasn't gonna do loops mm -hmm. i was no way yeah i, I wasn't gonna 70, go 70, 77,000 feet that's extremely respectable in a so, month yeah that's that yes. was my goal i don't want to go and run with you so you were averaging over 150 miles, just over 150 miles a week then, averaging, let's say. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, piled up pretty fast for those last three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the last week with the FKT attempt, it was like 254 miles last week. What? <laughs> so you're a shoe-in now for the triple crown of 200s, I'm thinking, <laughs> at some point. Well, see, that's what everyone says. Not unless yeah. someone pays my way in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh there's that. <laughs> I refuse. 
I'm yeah. sorry. That was one of my things on my questions. I'm not talking about. Too much. I know, I know. I, I do want to run the Tour de Jean, though. If I'm going to oh, spend yeah. that much money. I'm going to Italy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think I saw who, who was it uh, that just was it Bob Crowley or somebody that did it huh? in the last year or two. I can't yeah, Bob Crowley. Yeah. yeah. He said it was a Our new president of Itra. He's right. awesome. Yeah, he said it was a life-changing experience to do that race. Yeah. Bob yeah. So. My big goal was this year, and the reason why I was ready to do the Hammond Challenge was I, w I, I, I was getting ready. I was going to do the um, Born to Run four-day event. My goal was to break 300 miles, wanted to take the course record, but more so I wanted to qualify for Big's Backyard. Oh, yeah. So I, I had that on my, on my radar. And mm. then my other pet project is an FKT attempt at the Grand Canyon where I'm going to break i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna break it i'm gonna break christoph tusher's uh four times rim to rim to rim but i'm gonna do five nice <laughs> and that might happen this year all so right yeah we that, that might be the uh, if there's no i have i'm signed up for i'm on the waiting list for one race if that doesn't happen then i'm definitely going to the engine very cool um, and the total mileage on that would be what five times it'd be about 250 okay I think it's about 42 miles each each one. Yep. But it's a 11,000 feet for each one, so it'll be 55,000 feet of climbing. Early challenge, right there. I like it. Yeah. That's that's the one I really want to. Yeah. That's, that's my baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna never forget that one. How <laughs> could you? Hey, Mike. Uh, do we have any questions out there in the world of Facebook? Yes, we do have some questions in Facebook here. But first, let's go to uh, let's go to Jessica. She is here in on Zoom, and she has a question. So, yes. I mean, I was thinking about this question before you told me, or I knew that you ran six hundred nine miles. <laughs> and, <laughs> but where do you find the um, what? How do you balance work and family, and then our sport? Which even if you're not running one hundred six miles, it just takes a lot of time. Yeah, so I'm. my wife runs a lot too. So she has a coach and she runs. So a lot of my miles are with her. So, I mean, that's a lot of bonding time that we run together. And obviously I run more. So usually in a non-Hammond Challenge month, I'll run myself in the morning or at lunch. I have a really flexible job. And then I come home and I run her miles too. So usually it's, it's, it's like that. And, um, usually double days, I got to run twice a day. Yeah. That's, that's usually how I do it. I'll sneak one in at lunchtime, you know, maybe take an extra half run an hour and a half at lunch and then work a little later and then come home. And then I usually run with her. My kids are older now, so they're, you know, in any minute I can get with them is lucky, yeah. <laughs> but we pretty, I mean, that's what our family does. We run. So it's, it's, if we're not out volunteering, then we're running and, or doing something related. Michelle's the, um, the treasurer for the donor party mountain runners. And so she's giving back in that way too. And, you know, hopefully these races start again. We got a bunch of volunteering, but I mean, it's kind of like, that's, it's our life. So it's, I almost like my job is how I make money so I can run. It's not, I like, I wouldn't tell you, I would tell you I'm a, a mountain ultra trail runner before I would tell you that I'm a superintendent who builds houses. Right. 
So yeah. it's more of that. That's just your life. You don't have to cut out time. It's just part of your day. It's just what you do. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we try and, you know, I mean, mainly it's time with my wife is what I want to spend, you know, time with. And, and so when we get to run together, that's the best. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And, and I love running her pace too. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I run a lot of miles at that pace. <laughs> Hey, Chris, a reminder, how old are your kids? So my oldest daughter's 32. She'll be 33. I got a 26-year-old. And then at home, I have um, my daughter's going to be a senior. So she's going to be 17. And then my son's uh, a junior high. Nice. He's, he's 14. Uh, good. So I have a couple of questions. Uh, Jesse Ellis, which we all know well. He's been following on Zoom. Uh, he's native Arizonan, I guess, or he is now. He, he he mentioned on Facebook, he has a picture of you sleeping at TRT somewhere. Oh, oh I got I to gotta find that. What's that about? I slept at TRT myself, so I know the story. So um, in the, uh, yeah, in my not so training too much period, I still had big high hopes, and I was trying to break Chaz Shea's uh, 50 and over record of, I think it's 20 hours and something, and um, I went out like I was going to break it for the first half of the race, <laughs> and um, even worse, I ran in new shoes, and by the time I got to mile 80, uh, I was pretty much done. Uh, I was at Diamond Peak. My feet were killing me which I've never had problems for in, with my feet and I'm still in search of it. And um, I just wanted to quit. And I think Michelle remembered that time when we were there and we didn't make Dave run on and take a nap. She was like, you know what? You need to put your pride aside. You didn't break the record. Just sleep and finish. And uh, for some reason I listened to her. And uh, yeah, I slept for 45 minutes. <laughs> wow, nice. And then, um, and then it's, and I learned a lot because I might use this at UTMB because I ran from Diamond Peak to the finish uh, 11 minutes faster than my buddy who finished in like fourth place. So uh, rest can actually help a lot. And, and I and I never, I was always the type of person like I'm not, I'm not stopping, I'm not resting, I'm not nothing. In fact, when I got tired, I would just skip aid stations, you know, push through and, and I, I'm changing my tune. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, I think everyone took a picture of me sleeping and people tried to drop things in my mouth from the balcony above. And yeah, it was quite a sight. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the community. Yeah. Uh, I think great. Mike kicked my butt that day. Oh, uh, yeah. I had a good year and the last year I had a bad year. Uh, last year was a bad year for me, but the previous year was pretty good for me. All right, Greg, back to you. All right. We all set with uh, questions and everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Did you have anything else, Paulo? I'm looking at here. Ultimately, I just, I just want to say that I'm really, really happy that we get a chance to talk and learn more about how you got into running. Uh, what have you done through running, and where is your running going? It's uh, 
uh, as a parent myself with a two-year-old uh, you know, uh, fighting jiu-jitsu, my wife right now to go to bed because I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. Um, I have to say I'm, uh, I'm eager to get to a point where, yeah, my wife and I can run together. It sounds like that's, that's a huge, huge part of your relationship with your wife. Uh, and that's how my wife and I, we got together. That's, you know, we, we met through running. And that's the last thing that we do these days together. Because one of us has to watch the children. So, you know, it's, I, I, I take a lot of, uh, uh, like, I enjoy hearing from other parents that with all their kids, like, hey, just hang on, you know, and you'll get there. It's uh, so, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It is. As a, as, a, as a good message. And I, I love my children, uh, but I also love my wife. It's, uh, <laughs> and I also love my wife without children. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, no, it, it is incredible. I, I gotta say, I see you many times through my running lifetime. Uh, but I never knew the Christopher behind the hat or behind the rabbit T-shirt, uh, which really, really, uh, you know, next time I see you, we're definitely going to talk more about that UTM climbs because yeah. those are a bitch. I mean, like I yeah. said, we can do a full episode on a single climb. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, but I'm really excited that we got the chance to talk to you. Really uh, happy we got the chance to learn more about your background. We uh, that we learned about your your uh, years of uh, non-drinking. Uh, so all of it is like you said uh, suffering should stop pain. You know, but you'll experience Temporary. it again, right? Yeah, it's uh, and I agree a hundred percent. Every time we get into that pain cave, I'm like hey. It's only eight more hours, right? It's only, it sounds like a lifetime, but it's just eight hours, right? It's, uh, and if it's, you know, if I'm on the road, it's like, hey, I just got to hold this 615 pace for another 35 minutes, 35 minutes, right? It's, uh, you know, I've gone to the bathroom for longer than that at times, right? <laughs> it's, uh, so when you put things into perspective, and if it's, it's, it's a short period of time. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Uh, I oh, really you. appreciate it. Yeah. And thank I'll, you all. I'll say like, uh, you know, when, I'll say it when, when you do the rim to rim uh, to rim challenge. So we're definitely going to want to talk to you after that one. Rim to rim to rim to rim to rim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five times. Yeah, be sure you rim. get it right. Yeah. Right. Right. I'll have to calculate that one. one yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a huge that's a huge uh undertaking and uh definitely going to be looking forward to hearing about that yeah they just opened up the grand canyon and all the water's on so Beautiful. it's a true possibility now oops i think we just lost paulo somehow but anyway <laughs> i guess i guess that means we're wrapping it he must have hit something accidentally but yeah it'll it'll be great to hear more about that when you do it um you know, congrats on the Hammond Challenge and, uh, you know, further getting your body back to wherever it needs to be. It sounds like you're well on your way. Yeah, uh, it's going to so be exciting. I'm excited. 
Yeah, all great stuff. So really appreciate your time and, uh, and thanks a lot. And thanks to everybody on Facebook and Zoom. We appreciate all the questions. And we will be back next week with Megan Laws, our local oh, coach nice. and the queen. So get excited for that one. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Great. See you later.